With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting Made for This. StoryWorth is a meaningful gift you and your family can treasure forever, and you can get started right away. Go to storyworth.com slash madeforthis to get $10 off your first purchase. And now, here's Jenny. Well, guys, a few months ago, actually more like a year ago, I started praying for God to bring me people to disciple in my living room again. Now, I never dreamed of who that would be. I knew I wanted them to have a calling on their life, and I knew that I wanted them to be humble and teachable. And God brought me several girls, and one of them knew Maddie. And they invited Maddie and to my living room. And candidly, I don't watch <laughs> The Bachelor these days, and so I had not seen your story, and I had not heard you know, what most of the world knows about you, which is what you went through there. But I just met you. And I saw your heart and I loved you because you wanted God's glory above anyone else else's. And, and I remember that night when everybody left, I, I teared up to Zach and I was like, he brought me exactly what I prayed for. He brought me girls that want to spend their lives to bring glory to God. And he brought me girls that are humble and teachable. And so I just want to honor her before we even start. I know her personally. You may not know her yet. You're about to in her story, but a lot of people do. <laughs> a lot of people in the world know who she is. And And I can say this, that I love who you are, and I love how you want God. And so I am so honored to have you here today, and I want you to begin just by telling everybody just a little bit. Let's start even back to just how you love Jesus. (laughs) Like, how do you know him? And about your precious family who I just got to meet, too. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This is, like, the greatest honor just sitting here, you know, with my mentor and the person that I look up to the most other than my parents. And so thank you for having me and for believing in this message. So for me, I grew up, you know, in a Christian household with two parents who loved Jesus so much and didn't just, it wasn't just a religion, like they lived it out. And I got to see that and it was so attractive to me that like I wanted that for myself. And so I spent all my time at church camps and I mean, just all of my life was either at church or playing basketball. (laughs) Like it was literally basketball camps or church camps 24 seven. And so that was my life. Like that was all I knew. And that was pretty much, I mean, all throughout middle school, all throughout high school, you know, I was, I was that girl who, you know, like was making the good decisions, at least I thought I was. And for me, it became a little bit more about reputation and a little bit more about performance Mm -hmm. and less about a intimate relationship with Jesus. And so I would say in high school was when I really kind of lost a sense of that intimacy with Jesus. And I just felt this need to prove myself. I felt this need to be someone significant and important. And I wanted to be accepted and loved by everyone. And so I was really coming from this place of lack, really latching on to, oh, this person accepts me. This guy likes me. I got, you know, this reward and this award. And I won a basketball championship and all these things and all these accolades. But I constantly just found myself like, well, where do I belong? Like, 
okay, that's fine that I have all of this, but who really am I? And it was in college when, freshman year of college, when I really made that decision of, okay, who am I and who do I want to be and who does God say that I am? And that was really when I went all in with Jesus and, you know, really presented myself with some scenarios. I knew college was going to be a time where I was no longer living under the roof of my parents. I no no longer had, you know, people tell me, you should do this, you should do that. It was very, you know, I'm on my own and I know I'm going to be presented with some pressures and some temptations and how am I going to respond? And I had seen so many of my friends who came into college, you know, with me because I went to a high school in Auburn and then went to Auburn University. And I had seen so many of my friends, you know, change themselves and, you know, compromise and let lower their standards and become somebody that I knew that they weren't. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to be that person. And I didn't want to be someone who years down the road, you know, I looked at my life and said, how in the world did I get here? And so I asked myself in that moment, okay, Maddie, who do you want to be? Who does God say that you are? And, you know, went all in with Jesus, graduated Auburn University with a degree in communications, and then also went through Bible college and got a certificate in ministry and pastoral leadership. And now I'm here. (laughs) I just, I, I want everybody to hear something. You have a voice to, I mean, millions, and you're using that voice for the glory of God. And yet, you're, I, I think you are the description of that verse that says, in the world, but not of it. Mm. And you've done that on a TV show, and you do that on social media. Talk about, you know, what that has felt like for you to be this girl that, I mean, you've, you majored in Bible. Like, you, you wanted to give the gospel away, and then you felt like you're supposed to go to The Bachelor. Like, that does feel like a huge left turn to a lot of people listening. A total divine reroute. You're like, God, wait, what? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and, and you were hesitant. Oh, yeah. So hesitant. When they called me, I immediately was like, I mean, I even told the girl on the phone. I was like, no, I'm sorry. I don't think I'm the one. She was like, just take time and think about it. And I was like, no, literally, I don't think I'm the person for the job. Like, I just got out of seminary. You know, <laughs> right. I dated you a guy who was a pastor for four years. You right. know, we, we broke up a couple months ago. Like, I don't think I'm the girl you're looking for, you know? And, you know, after taking time to talk to my family about it and really praying about it, it ultimately was where I felt like God was leading me. And I think one of the things that I've realized, because I had put God in such a box, like to me, ministry was very small and it was only within the context of the church, which is beautiful and needed, but also like ministry isn't only confined to the four walls of a church. Like God sends out his ministers and his messengers of hope and love and grace to all over the world and to so many different arenas and spheres. And I didn't see that at that time, you know? And so, and especially in something like The Bachelor, I was like, no, God, like, you're cra- you've lost your mind. You're crazy, right? And I'm like trying to like explain to God that he's lost it and, you know, those conversations. And so for me, it was a very, a, a very big step of faith and surrender. It wasn't this moment of just reaction or adrenaline of, yeah, I'm gonna go on reality TV, but rather this surrender and act of obedience. And I think to me, what I learned through that process was what true courage looked like. I think what I saw courage for so long as was, you know, fist up, ready to just make your voice and opinion known. And it was very selfish, right? It was very rooted in selfishness. And during, you know, the time on The Bachelor saying yes to going on the show and and since like writing this book and what I've learned through it is that true God-honoring courage is rooted in obedience and conviction and it's coupled with wisdom. And it really has nothing to do with you. And everything to do with God. And so it really is coming from rather a place of like, let, what can I do? What can I say? Like, let, 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 let people know about me, right? It's more about, here I am. Mm. Send me. 
you know, and it's sometimes it's saying yes, sometimes it's being faithful, sometimes it's, you know, walking away, sometimes it's speaking up, sometimes it's remaining silent, but learning what true courage looks like, and for me, it was saying yes to going on The Bachelor. So I want to read a quote out of the book to do with courage that I loved, but what is the source of courage? Where does it come from? Why do some seem to be more courageous than others? We can find the courage we need in our relationship with God and his spirit within us. He promises to never leave or forsake us, and that should make us brave. I discovered that I could rely on God to give me courage when I most needed it. And when I called on him, I knew his spirit was with me. Now, what I want to say is that's the that's page 11 or 12 or something of a book that is going to go into a lot of people's hands that don't know God. And I just, I want everyone here to just kind of open their minds a little. I know The Bachelor does not feel like a mission field, but it is. <laughs> and and the opportunities God has given you, when you say made for this moment, there was a cost to it. So yeah. you as a believer go into a dark world and it was dark and, and you were confronted with decisions that you had to make and moments where you felt like there was so much pressure to choose something that would have compromised your faith. Talk about the, it sounds like the lead up to that was faithful parents that invested in you for a long time, knowing the Bible and choosing Jesus above the world already before you even got there. But talk about just those moments and how they were still hard. Or were they? They were very hard. <laughs> and even though, and, th- and really what even started with this book was when I came off The Bachelor, I had so many people, you know, ask me the questions, Maddie, how did you stand firm under pressure? How did you stay true to yourself? How did you, how were you able to know who you were? Like in an environment like that, when there were so many voices, so many opinions, so many labels, like you were able to stay, like stay grounded and keep your standards high and your roots deep. How did you do that? And I wanted to, you know, put a message out there that says, hey, listen, I've had my fair share of moments of folding under pressure. I've had my fair share of moments of not, you know, walking up to the free throw line and knocking it down and hitting the game winner and being celebrated. I've had my moments of failing and falling short. But I've also had my moments where Christ's strength in me was enough to keep me, you know, rooted and grounded where I was able to stand firm. And I talk a lot about in the book just the power of preparation and the power of that private life because that is where you're discovering who you are, what you believe. You're laying down that foundation. You're investing in yourself. And, you know, I'm able to answer those questions now when people say, like, how are you able to do that? And I'm able to say the strength that you saw in public when all eyes were on me was directly connected connected to the decisions I made in private when no one was around, when no one was there to clap for me, to retweet, to give me a pat on the back, when no one was watching me and it was just me and God. And I had some hard choices to make, some hard decisions to make. And like those were the moments, those small moments that the world defines as small prepared me for those big moments of pressure when the heat was on, the pressure was on and everyone was watching. And so I talk about a lot in the book, who you are when no one is watching is who you're going to be when everyone is watching. And when that pressure hits, what's inside of you is what's going to come out of you. And so it matters how you invest in yourself, what you're feeding your spirit. And I think so many of us just find ourselves in moments of pressure, just hoping we have what it takes to stand firm and stay true to ourselves, hoping that adrenaline will take over or we just have this crazy strength. 
And I'm like, listen, Maddie ain't strong enough. I know, I know I'm not strong enough. Like on my own, apart from Christ, apart from preparing, like I don't have what it takes to stand firm. But thankfully, with the Holy Spirit and coupled with responsibility and preparation, I have what it takes to stand firm under pressure. When the world is knocking, when the waves are crashing against me and the wind is blowing, I have my foundation on a solid rock and I'm unshakable. And so I want to help people no matter what pressures you're facing. It's probably not a reality TV show. Right. I hope that it's not. <laughs> it's probably not a reality TV show, but you're, we all face pressures and we all face temptations. And even though it may not look the same on the outside, it leaves the same feelings on the inside. Yeah. You know, asking ourselves, okay, who am I going to be when this is, when they're, when they're all telling me this is who I am and, and who they want me to be? Or am I going to change myself to be loved and accepted by other people? Or am I going to compromise and lower my standards because everyone else is? Or because, you know, that person wants me to or, or because it seems like it's the only way. You know, I want people to know, like, no, this is who I am. I was made on purpose and for a purpose. And I can choose to stand in that and stand firm in that and live a life that honors God and makes God proud without feeling the need to compromise or to just follow what everyone else is doing. When you picture people reading the book and you picture someone your age reading it and facing courageously moments that, that God's given them, what do you see as the biggest barriers to that today? What are, the, what are the things that keep people in their 20s from being courageous in their faith? I think it's so many things. I think it's fear. I think it's comparison. I think it's, you know, getting bound by your past, not being able to break free from the mistakes you've made or the things that's been done to you or said about you in the past. I think it feeds so many things, but I think ultimately it's when we come from this place of lack and just not letting Christ, you know, be like all of us and, and giving our whole heart to him to where he really is like everything we need. You know, it talks about in scripture, Paul talks about in scripture, you know, whether I have plenty, whether I have nothing, like I know what it is to be content. Like I've been through, you know, everything there is. I've I've been the worst person on the planet. I've been the best person on the planet. I've had everything you could want. I've had nothing, but I've learned the secret of being content and it's knowing that I can do all things through Christ. And so I think what I've seen, at least from my generation, is so many coming from this place of lack, hoping and clinging and striving to get ultimately what only Jesus can give us. Yeah. And so so they're latching on to, oh, I want to go viral on TikTok, then I'll be someone significant. Oh, I want to, you know, publish a book, then I'll have, you know, a platform or I'll be famous or, oh, I'm going to go on this or I'm going to do that or, or, or I'm going to, you know, give a part of myself to someone because then maybe they'll accept me and love me and choose me. And everyone's coming from this place of, of wanting ultimately security and belonging and to know that they matter, to know that they're loved, to know that, that they have a purpose. And what I see is so many people doing that, trying to strive for it and get it in all of the wrong places, but expecting the right outcome. Mm. And you can't get that in anything but Jesus. And so I'm able to, you know, look in the faces of the girls, you know, standing next to me on this reality show who seem to have everything, right? Like they're gorgeous. I'm not talking about them just like in a room with random people. Like these are the most beautiful, amazing, incredible, you know, girls and 
yet, you know, they still, we all still wrestle with, you know, am I enough? Do I have what it takes? And I'm able to just encourage them and love on them and just point them to the ultimate, you know, source of confidence, of joy, of contentment in those moments. And so that's really what I want to see for my generation is to realize like all this looking around, all this striving that you're doing is ultimately going to leave you back to a place of searching and emptiness. And only Jesus can fill that. Like only he can fill that. And for you to know that you were made intentionally, made on purpose and for purpose, and you were made for such a time as this and made for this moment, you're only going to have that joy, fulfillment, and confidence when you know who it comes from and when you know who you belong to. This holiday season, I am excited to give a gift to my loved ones that makes them feel special and unique, just like the relationship that we have. That's why we're giving everyone that we care about StoryWorth. StoryWorth is offering $10 off your first purchase at storyworth.com slash made for this. So y'all, StoryWorth is so cool. It's like this online service that helps your loved ones share stories through these questions that they send week to week about their memories and their personal thoughts. And so they get an email with a different story prompt and it's like a question that you would never think of to ask them. Like they asked my mom one, like what's the small decision that you made that ended up having the biggest impact on your life? Every week, my mom gets the question and she answers it with her own personal thoughts and she can do it on her time and then she submits it. And then after a year of answering these cool questions, StoryWorth will compile every story, including pictures and other things that she submits into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. You can order multiple copies for your siblings or your kids or other relatives too. Our StoryWorth book is truly something that we will cherish for a long time. With StoryWorth, I'm giving the people I love a thoughtful and personal gift from the heart and preserving all of our memories and stories for years to come. Go to storyworth.com slash made for this and save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash made for this to save $10 on your first purchase. And now back to Jenny. Do you ever struggle with this now? Significance and where it comes from? I struggle, I think one of my greatest struggles, and and you know this, I think one of my greatest struggles is I work so hard. I'm I'm a perfectionist, right? Like I, and I think a lot of that can come from this pit inside of me of fear, of just fearing, you know, what if I give my all and it's still not enough? What if I give everything and people don't accept it and people don't recognize it and people don't affirm it? And again, I think that that can be from that place of lack, feeling this need to perform, to be loved and accepted from other people. And ultimately it is driven from a place of selfishness and fear um, because we, you know, we, we make it about us, right? And the only way I ever get out of that spiral of a headspace, because I find myself so many times, I mean, you've seen me like in tears and in moments when I didn't want to get out of bed and in moments when I didn't feel made for this moment because I was like, who am I? I am not worthy of walking out God's calling and purpose for my life. Like I'm so... I'm a failure. Like I fall short. I, you know, I've done this, I've done that. And it's really easy for my mind to kind of start comparing myself. Well, she has this, she has that, she's done this, she's done that. Like they don't care who I am. They don't care about my voice. And then to, for that fear to start driving, you know, and then start trying to cling to, well, will you tell me that I'm like significant? Like, tell me I'm enough. Like you, you give me that award and that accolade, like, so that then I know that what I 
do matters, you know? And and you tell me this, and, and, and then it's like driven from fear, but it's also selfishness of making it about me. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we see selfishness as only pride and as only like, oh, when I think I'm everything and I've got, you know, everything together and I've got what it takes. But I think it's also selfish when we're driven from that place of lack of contentment and fear because we're still making it about us. Yeah. And I've had to realize that in my life of, wow, like, I'm so sorry, God. I am so sorry that for a second I thought any of this was about me because it's not. And that ultimately is, you know, one of the biggest heartbeats of this message is that what I want people to understand is I'm not perfect. Like, this is something I struggle with on the daily, like literally on the daily. And I mean, I'm like texting Jenny, like, I'm like, help, SOS, I'm struggling, pray for me, you know? And, and it's something we're always going to wrestle with. Um, but it's it's making a choice and it's choosing and it's also just speaking over ourselves in those moments. It's not about me. It's not about me. And as soon as when I have that perspective shift, every single time, like I walk like I walk away from that moment, just feeling so much better and more empowered and ready to go and make a difference for someone else. Mm-hmm. And it just because it totally takes my mind off of me. And I think that that's what I've seen for so many people, including myself, but for so many people who don't walk in the fullness of what God. has for them, who don't live a life that is impactful and a life that is adding value to other people is because they're so me, 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 me. And they think that, oh, just because I'm, I'm insecure and I'm struggling with comparison and I'm struggling with fear and I'm struggling with my past, that that looks different than those who struggle with, you know, walking high and mighty and thinking it's all about them. But really there's not a difference because in both situations, we're making it about us. And so I want, you know, people who read this book to realize it's not about you. You're a part of something so much bigger than you. And the quicker you can realize that, not only the more freeing and joyful it's going to be, but the more contentment you're going to feel, the more purpose you're going to feel. And just, I I don't even know, like it just honestly makes life so much more enjoyable because you're not constantly walking around uptight feeling like it's all based on my performance and all based on what I offer and what I can do. But having that release of knowing, no, like I can do all things through Christ And it's through that that gives me the strength and what I need, the strength, grace, and courage that I need. Let's talk about private life because I know for a lot of people listening, that is, you know, everybody knows that. Everybody's like, okay, yeah, I need to walk with God and where nobody sees. But talk about what that's looked like for you even recently. Like how how is that dependence worked out in your daily life? Besides just, you know, opening the Bible and what people picture, like how do you walk with God privately? I think that for me, it is those, those small, the moments, when I say small, I don't mean it's less than, but I just mean the moments that not everybody sees. And I think it's in those small moments, the everyday moments, the day-to-day moments, the decisions that we're making, the way we treat people, the way that we spend our time, the way we spend our money, the way we, you know, steward our relationships, who we spend our time with. I think those decisions and those choices are all feeding into our spirit and who we're becoming. And I think that for me, what I've seen happen so many times is that when people get in the moments of pressure, when the spotlight is on them, they're wondering why they're folding under pressure or they don't have what it takes to stand or, you know, why it seems easier for other people. And I'm like, well, what does it look like when you're not in the spotlight? 
Like, what does it look like when no one is around? Um, how are you feeding your spirit? You're spending all your time on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Netflix and HBO and all of these things. And then wondering why the spirit inside of you is not stronger than your flesh and your cravings and wondering why you fold under pressure rather than rise in conviction. Well, it's probably because you're not feeding your spirit like you should be in the private life when no one's around. I feel like for me, what that looks like is, yes, it is, you know, those disciplines of I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is I get on the Bible app, I read the verse of the day, and then I, you know, make my bed, I have my coffee, and then I sit down and I have my Jesus time and I pray and I worship and I read God's word. And that is so important. That is me feeding my spirit. But I think it, it transcends that. It goes into the rest of your day. Yeah. It goes into the rest of your moments. Where are my thoughts taking me? What am I letting in? What content am I bringing in? Okay, reality is we live in a social media age, so that's fine. We're going to be taking in content, but we can be intentional with what content we take in. So what content are we inviting in? What content are we allowing in? Who are we spending our time with? You know, our environment is going to shape us. It's going to, you know, ultimately we're going to become like those we surround ourselves with. So do I like who I'm becoming? Do I like those that I'm spending my time with? Um, and so for me, it's taking a look at all of those things. And then when I find myself falling into the pit of, you know, striving or performance or comparison or fear, I just start taking a look at what my private life has been like. And I'm like, oh, it's probably because I didn't really spend any time in God's word today. I scrolled on TikTok for about four hours and looked at what the world says is the perfect body, the perfect uh, success, what success looks like, you know, and I start feeling all these worldly pressures. And I remember even when I was at your house the other night, I was talking about kind of that, the difference between the pressures that we feel from the world and just that that pressure to be, that pressure to, um, to do, and then the weight that comes from walking with Jesus and carrying God's word. And I think that so often it's easy to kind of put those two hand in hand, but they're, they're very different, right? And the pressure is is worldly because you always feel like this weight on your shoulder of feeling like, I have to be like this person. I have to do all these things in order to get that. And, and just feeling this need to always keep up and measure up and, and be approved and be liked and all these things. But the weight of following Christ, you know, comes with some sacrifices. It may come with a cost, but ultimately, it's having this realization that it's not about me. So even if people are looking at my, my life, ultimately what I want them seeing is the spirit inside of me and seeing the message of hope and grace and truth and love. And it's carrying that and, and living with this conviction that in everything that I do, I just wanted to add value to people. I just wanted to make a difference for others. And, and that is a weight and that is a responsibility. There are souls at stake, but it's there's a difference between that pressure and that weight. I want to talk about your following and who they are because a lot of them don't know God. A lot of people started following you because of the show and here they are and you are open about your faith. Yeah. Has that been hard or have, has that been part of the vision? Like talk about just that tension and what you hope for them. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm able to speak with so much passion about all these things because these are all things that I face and that I walk through. You know, when I talk about the pressures and the temptations and that tension between pressure and weight and God-honoring courage and selfish courage and worldly courage, like I've wrestled with those things, right? Like I have felt those things. I feel those things. And so for me, I constantly feel that pressure. I mean, you know, we were talking about it the other day, just that pressure to keep up, that pressure to 
you know, be someone that, you know, is are going viral and, and getting all the followers and opportunities and all these things to grow. Like you feel this pressure from the world to, to be that. And for me, again, it just is that I have to constantly go back to like God's word and remind myself why I'm here and what I'm doing. But I do always wrestle with those pressures. And for me, like I've had to pray through what it, what it looks like to, you know, it's a weird tension. Even when I was on the show, I remember when I was on the show, I went, weirdly enough, I went on, I knew God had called me to go on the show. And I actually don't share this a lot. But when I went on the show, I didn't feel like I should really share my faith. I was like, I want your spirit in me, Lord, to be so attractive and so beautiful and so radiant that people just see something different. They see joy, they see hope, they see confidence, they see peace and they're drawn to that. And it's not something I have to be like, this is what I believe, this is what you should follow, this is what you should do. But rather it's just me being me and me following what I follow and me believing what I believe. And and I feel like for most of the show, like that was exactly what happened until the very end where ultimately I was presented with situations and questions where, you know, I eventually ended up talking about my faith and, you know, pursuing purity and those kinds of things. But for me, you know, obviously it, it is a choice and that's the beauty of being a follower of Christ is that God's sovereignty, but also our choice. And I want, obviously it to always be someone's choice, but I want them to know like everything you're hoping for and everything you're searching for and everything you're looking for is not going to satisfy. And who am I to withhold the good news from you? Who am I to withhold the answer to your problem from you? And so I'm going to do everything I can to, you know, present the good news and to present the message and to share with them the hope that I've found, the freedom that I get to walk in every single day because I see so many of them bound by comparison, fear, you know, labels from the world, pressures from the world, giving into temptations, not knowing who they are, not knowing their identity or purpose. I see that. And so I want to do everything I can to give them the, them the solution, which is Jesus. And so for me, that is, you know, my goal in every moment I have to, you know, get on social media, to write a book, to speak at a conference or wherever I'm at, to get on a podcast, like just share as much as I can share because ultimately that's what's changed and transformed my life. And I just want to help them get to that place. But I, I would say about, you know, 40% of my following don't, don't believe in Jesus. Right. I want to say something to everybody listening. We've got anywhere from 13-year-olds to 85-year-olds listening. And I want to say specifically to the older generation right now, you know, 30 and above that is listening. There is something happening in the 20-somethings that is so legit that God is moving in them and they are bold with their faith. They are not afraid. They're not shrinking back. And, and I mean, a lot of you have a lot of people that are watching you and following you. And I get so excited about role models like you, Maddie, because you're not perfect. You would never claim to be, but you are zealous for God. And you're doing it in a sphere that is dark. And I just want to be careful because I think the older you are, the more likely you are to judge things that, that might look like, God would never call someone to do that or that. I'm just saying, God has often called people to very dark places, you know? I mean, I think of Jonah and Nineveh, and he didn't want to go. He's like, I'm, not, I'm above this. Like, I don't want to go to these people. I don't, I don't like them. I'm not like them. There's no way you would want to save them. And I just think we're going to see one way that I see God working and moving right now in this 
dark world is he is sending ambassadors into places that we would never suspect. Yeah. And so I have watched that personally in your life. Like when I heard the story, I just, I was like, I think God really did have a plan for you there and he used you there and he keeps doing it. I know that right now, a lot of people are talking about y'all's generation and discouraged. And I just want to say I've never been because I know so many of you that are more zealous than anybody older. <laughs> I mean, you want your life to count for the kingdom and I'm proud of you. And I just want to say about this book too, some of you need to read this that are 80. It'll, it'll bless you. But every one of us needs the next generation to understand that there is a way to live in the pressure because they all feel pressure. I mean, if you have a social media account and you're 15 years old, you're scrolling through images, you're looking at other people's lives and you're building a self-esteem from it. And, and I just wanna say to you, like this is a counter-cultural message to help you through that. And it isn't a message of leave the world, it's a message of be in the world but not of it. And so I'm just so proud of you and I'm so grateful for you, for my girls to have someone that loves God. Um, when, when my girls walk in, specifically my 16-year-old daughter, she walks in and of course she knows you. Like both of my girls followed you already and respected you so much. And, and when you were sitting in our living room, Maddie hops up, looks at my girls in their eyes and speaks over them and like hugs them. And it makes me teary because you are shaping their lives, not just the world's lives, but you're shaping my girls' lives. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for how they needed heroes and God's brought some in their lives. And so I love you, girl. I love you. I'm getting emotional <laughs> over here. I love you, and thank you for having me on here. And I, I just, I believe in what God is doing in your life and through this ministry and through your family, and you guys have been a blessing to me. And I just wanna encourage anyone who is listening to this right now, you were made for this moment. And that doesn't mean you were made for yesterday. That doesn't mean you were made for tomorrow. You were made for this moment. And whatever moment you are in right now is the moment that God made you for. And we believe in you. We love you so much. You're not alone and we're praying for you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I love you. <laughs>Thank you so much for listening to today's conversation with Jenny and Maddie Pruitt. Maddie has a new book out called Made for This Moment, Standing Firm with Strength, Grace, and Courage. I'll make sure to put the link in the show notes for you, and you can find that anywhere books are sold. We are so grateful for you guys. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast.